Good morning, church. It's exciting for us to be here. Um, I want to say this. Um, we love Portland, but we don't like your rain. We love the beauty. I don't know how, how you can have the beauty and, the, and no rain, but I want to say we are so, so grateful to be here. I travel with Irene. Irene, do you mind standing up and... You are an amazing church. Thank you so very much for loving Uganda. Thank you so very much for serving both here and the rest of the world. I have been involved with what you guys do for very, very many years. And your pastor, Pastor Jose, has been a friend. If you just want to know this, the first time I met him, Jonah was not yet born. So I think that can tell you how long we've known each other. It's been long, but very beautiful long. The Lord has done amazing things. Uh, Pastor Jose has come to Uganda, I don't know how many times. He's been to almost every town, big, small. He has preached in Gaba Church for very many years, almost every year. It's been long that we've missed you guys, and I, I cannot say enough of how much of a blessing that you guys have been to us and to the ministry in Uganda. You've heard about what our ministry does, uh, but part of that is you have been involved. You've been involved in reaching out to the communities that we reach. You have been involved in sponsoring children, uh, especially Arua. You've just heard from Pastor JP. You have done an amazing work as a church. Every time I think about your church, I think about a church that is not just a local church. You are an apostolic church, a church that does ministry here, but you think about the world. You have sent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people around the world, and Uganda has been a beneficiary of what you have done. Even as I speak now, there are several people from this church who are serving among us. You know them. Jason is there and his wife. Actually, um, we also have Tim. Uh, Tim is there and his wife. You have so many people who have come and gone, but also people who have stayed. I can't thank you enough for all that God has done through you. Keep up the good work. And thank you for making a difference in Arua. Arua is a it's about 300 plus miles northwest of Uganda. Very poor, very needy, but you have stood with Pastor JP. A church has been born. A school has been born. Hundreds of children have been uh, supported and sponsored. And it's been such a beautiful thing. Our child sponsorship program is one of the ministries that we are able actually to change the world because we invest in these kids and they grow up and become the change agents of Uganda. Thank you for all that you do and all that you've done for us and through your giving and through your coming to serve among us. God bless you. Today I have a message for us. It's a message that uh, uh, is very, very, very deep on my heart. It's a message about, you know, having rest in God. And as you know, 
these have been very difficult times. Uh, the COVID pandemic has done a lot for everybody. You know, people have been sick. We have lost loved ones. But it has had an impact on many, many people. So during this season of the pandemic, God started speaking to my heart. And I feel that I should share with you the journey that I personally went through and as I went through this with my family and also with us as a nation, but also as a local church. So I feel that this message will be an encouragement to each and every one of you. And um, the portion of scripture we are going to read is found in the book of Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 is a portion that we are going to read together today. Before I do, can I pray? Father, we pray that you speak to us. We pray that you'll encourage us from your word. We pray that your presence will be so real, even as we share your word today. We pray that, God, you give us rest, even as your scripture says today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I pray that God will use this word to encourage us today. But before I start talking more about this scripture, I would like us to think about the realities of life. You know, life can be very lonely. And COVID showed us that life can be very lonely because we couldn't mix with our friends. We often carry more than what we can handle. I think you realize that. We often give more than we receive. And for many of us, it is very difficult for us to stop and rest. That's a reality. But have you also realized that Satan always attacks us after great victories? Those are realities of life. And I pray that God will use this message to actually help us because we all go through all of that. So when we come to this portion of scripture, many of us have read this multiple times. And for those of us who are preachers, we preach this portion every now and then. And many times, this is a scripture we always share with non-believers. It's actually an evangelistic portion to many of us. And we're always inviting people to come to know Jesus, to come to be saved. And what I've found, that it's a portion that actually we as Christians, we overlook for ourselves. We think this is a portion for other people. We don't always think it's a message for us. But as I was praying during this long, long, long season of COVID, I realized that God was speaking to me 
through this message. Jesus is saying, come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Come to me. And I felt that God was speaking to me. Jesus was speaking to me and was saying, Peter, come to me. What this message shows us is that Jesus is willing to come and rescue us when we are going through trouble. When we are going through problem. When we are going through challenges. He's interested in the big and the small things about our lives. He's interested in the minute details of my life. But he's also interested in the big challenges of life that I go through. So when I read this portion, I see that it's an invitation from God. That the Lord is open and is available whenever I call him. And he's saying, you come. It's an invitation to come to God. So friends, even today, I would like you to consider this, that God is always inviting you to come to him. When you're in trouble, and when you are at peace, come, he says, I need you. I have to have fellowship with you. I want to take care of the issues and the things that you are going through. So when someone says, come, what comes to me and to my mind is that it is a call for me to take a step forward. Many times we want God to come to us but he's saying, I want you to come to me. When you move, God moves. When you respond, God responds. There is an invitation this morning. So consider this as a time of where God is inviting all his children to come to him. No matter what is going on with you and what is going on, in your life. Now, who are the people that Jesus is calling? Who are they? He explains it. Come to me, all you are weary, all you who are burdened. And he says, I will give you rest. So the people that Jesus is calling are the people who are weary and the people who are tired. I've been thinking a lot about being tired. Tiredness is usually when you feel physically energyless. You don't have energy. I am tired. I'm exhausted. But there is a word there that explains the depth of what Jesus was talking about. He says, come to me all you who are weary. And I was trying to find out what that word means. Those who are worn out. It is more than physical exhaustion. It is being worn 
But it also means physical exhaustion after you've been working very, very, very hard. But also to people like me who are preachers, but also people who are laboring in various ways. It is where you've been working on something, but you are having less fruit. You are having less fruit. There's a little town in our, in our country. It's called Masaka. It's a country which, it's a part of the country which is, it, it's mostly Catholic people there. And the pastors that we work with who pastor in that place, they work so hard, but there's so much spiritual resistance that the labor is so hard. So whenever you talk to them, you see people are saying, I am exhausted, I'm tired. It's because they are laboring in very difficult ground. That happens to also many of us. You're working on something, but you don't seem to see the fruit that comes from your labor. Jesus says, come. Let's look at the description of this word. He says, come to me, all you are weary and burdened. I would like us to look at that word burden. And the best example of this word burden I have a picture that they're going to put on the screen which really talks about or shows what a burden is. Do you see those two guys? And you see the weight. And when I'm saying guys, I'm talking about the cows. (laughs) Do you see the weight that they are carrying? Lots of luggage, but also human beings. And they are carrying these people and taking them ahead. So he says, come to me, all you who are burdened. So they have a burden. And I want you to look at it in human terms. Many of us, have luggage like that. It's probably in our minds. It's something that you've been carrying for a very long time. Now these animals are joined together by what we call a yoke. And that yoke is tied to these two animals And then they are, I would say they are like in prison. They are imprisoned together. They can't escape. They are stuck together. But also they have a weight to carry forward. They are chained. They are in bondage. And they cannot help themselves because the master wants them to carry a heavy load. So when I think about the burden that the scripture here is speaking about, that's what I'm thinking about. 
Come to me, all you own are burdened. Come, you who are weary, but also you are carrying lots of burdens. And I was thinking about this, and I found there are three kinds of exhaustion or tiredness that come to us as human beings. The first one is physical tiredness. It comes from using physical energy, expending lots of calories. comes from long hours of work, much activity, but little rest. Much activity, but little rest. Lots of work, but little returns. Now, many of you here are self-employed. Or you're employed by someone else. You work and work and work. Because you want to grow your business, probably. Because you want to see success. So you work and work over time. I visited many my Ugandan friends who come to this country to, to stay because they want to, to enjoy life like they think many Americans enjoy. And, and I've seen people working three jobs. And the wife is working and the husband is working. And one is working at night and the other one is working during the day. They don't even meet each other. They are working and working and working. And probably some of you are in that category. You work and work because you want to pay off your bills. You want to succeed in life. That's understandable. 15-hour days, six-and-a-half-day work weeks, very short vacations. Do you know what? I found something that God decided that there is light and there is darkness. There is night and there is day. And you know what? It's okay to work, but God has actually put rest as part of life. Did you know that? That's why he created a night, that we may actually rest. So for Christians, resting is okay. We need to rest sometimes. And that's why he created actually the seventh day to rest, the Sabbath if God worked and rested, we should also work and rest. And what I found, when we do what God told us to do, we will actually live longer. One time a pastor visited me a long time ago, and he saw that my life was not okay. And he asked me, Peter, do you have rest? I say, I do. And he asked me, when do you rest? I said, I rest on Monday. <laughs> and he asked me, do you really rest? I said, sometimes I do. <laughs> and then he told me, son, the Lord does not use dead preachers. <laughs> you need to start taking care of yourself. 
God also wants us to physically rest. I'm still learning that. It's very difficult to learn, but I have to learn that. But also, also another, there's also another tiredness that we go through. I call it emotional tiredness. This is usually dealing with issues that emotionally drain you. Working with difficult people. You know, human beings can be difficult. They strain you. They, are, they make your life very, very hard. Sometimes they are our supervisors at work. They are difficult to work with. They are always scolding us. They, they don't seem to be happy with whatever we do. They are always criticizing us. We have some of those kinds of people we work with. So you go to work and you come back home so strained, you don't know what to do. But also sometimes it's, there are issues in the family. You have a difficult teenager. I love teenagers and I see some of them here. But sometimes you can be exhausting. But also sometimes the issue is your relationship in your marriage. You know, that you're, 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 you're always arguing. You're always having arguments. And you don't know what to do. There's, you don't rest when you need to rest. So, so you become emotionally drained. And that's what we call being weary. And what I've found that when you are in that kind of environment... You try to fix your problem by yourself. So when you disagree, you fight. You fight with words. You try to, to stop the argument by actually criticizing more or using words that are supposed not to be used because you are using it in your power. But Jesus says, come to me. There are things sometimes we need to hand to God instead of handling by ourselves. The things we need to pray about instead of using our own physical abilities to fight. And what I found that whenever I try to fight my battles alone, I actually make my life harder and harder and more difficult. So Jesus says, come to me. Bring that difficult situation to me. Bring that supervisor to me. I can fix him. That's what Jesus is trying to say. Come to me, Jesus is saying. But then there is another one. I call it spiritual tiredness. Spiritual tiredness. There are seasons when you feel spiritually exhausted. And that happens to many of us and all of us. And I was trying to find out where does spiritual exhaustion come from? And there are three areas that I found. One of them is when we allow sin in our lives. And I found during this very long season of lockdown and isolation, I found that people found themselves idle 
And the enemy loves an idle mind. He will always find something for you to do. Sometimes it is on the internet. Sometimes it's going to places that you're not supposed to go to. Finding yourself in a, a, a sinful situation. Do you remember King David? When he was alone, the devil found him a spot to sit on top of his house. And the devil directed his eyes to look at things he's not supposed to look at. And all of you know the story of his failure. So it's finding ourselves in sinful situations. And when sin comes and sits in our lives, guilt comes in. And it is so hard to rest when you're harboring sin and guilt is all over you. When you start going to prayer, you can't even face God because of the, the burden of sin. Sin brings guilt and guilt takes away peace. And that's where God is always saying, come to me. Jesus says, come to me. I am actually able to forgive you. Now, this is not a message to non-Christians. It's a message to us believers. The other way that I found that we get spiritually tired is legalism. We try to please God by doing things in our own energy. You know, we always start, begin the young uh, and have some spiritual goals. I'm going to read through the Bible, you know, through this year. And then, what is this month? Is this May or is it June? May. By May, you have not even finished one book. And you say, oh, what is going on with me? Then you say, no, this year I'm going to pray for 30 minutes every day. And I'm going to fast every three months. And then you reach a time, you find you're not there. And you start feeling funny in your life. Because we are trying to please God with our own good works. He says, come. He says, I love you despite you're not being able to fulfill some of the things. And this is where grace comes in. You realize, you know what? I am a child. I tried. Things didn't work out, but I'm going to rise up again and trust God. But there is a third one. Spiritual exhaustion is what I'm talking about. It is running on empty. And I'm going to explain. We often give and give and give, but we don't replenish ourselves. And that happens to many of us who are in leadership. We do and do and do, but we don't receive. And we get spiritually drained and we start running on empty. That happens to many of us. 
And many of us who are in ministry, this is a message to all of us. What I've found as a pastor and as a minister is that many times we as ministers, we want to share, we want to pray for other people, we want to advise other people, we want to encourage people, but then we fail to replenish ourselves. So you reach a time when you are actually running on empty. Let me just give you a, a testimony to actually illustrate what I'm trying to say here. You know, during this COVID situation, it was very difficult. As it was difficult to you, time came when our country, we are told that it is time to stop. And we didn't have any warning. I don't think you also had any warning. One time we hear from the radio, the president says, everything is stopped. You cannot get out of your house. You are not allowed to drive. The airport was closed. And the only vehicles which could work are vehicles which serve the hospitals and the big trucks that are bringing in food. They told us, if you're selling anything, you can't sell unless you're selling food. So we woke up. We could not move at all. And that was very, very difficult. My house is about, uh, I would say, about uh, two miles from, from church. So I said, okay, what do we do? People are not supposed to go to church. Schools are closed. What am I going to do? So we decided that we are going to start recording messages for our church. That's what we decided. But then to do that, we had to, I had to walk from home to church and back at least four times because we had to record Bible study. We had to record the Sunday messages. And then many of the people used to serve, they couldn't come because they lived very far. So it, we had like three or four people who actually had to work on everything. It was very, very, very difficult. So I got some real exercise, but it was too much. Uh, but then I realized that I have this huge burden to take care of the flock of God. Then we had to go on radio, we had to go on TV, we had to, to go on social media to be able to connect with people. But while we are still there, I realized that because of our people living from hand to mouth, there are so many people starving. So we said, what do we do? So we had to send a message to all our church members, if you have an extra food, find a way of bringing it to church. And we told the people, if you, you're starving, find a way of walking to church so that we can get you some food. It was very strange. And not only that, we had a flood not far from Gaba, you know. And like Victoria's waters went up, so we had about 4,000 people in the poorest part of our place, very, very poor slum. They were being displaced by water. We had extra water. It was terrible. So then I said, oh, Lord, what do we do about this whole situation? I had to walk there and assess the situation. I was so beaten. And I said, no, we need to do something. So I learned how to use this thing to share what is going on. And people started responding. Your church responded. You sent us some, 
You sent us thousands and thousands of dollars to help rescue the people who are starving in Uganda. And people responded from all over. So then we, st- we became a relief agency because we had to feed people, not only in our city, but all over the country. So here I was preaching, teaching, mobilizing people, fundraising, trying to do all these kinds of things. And this is not one week. It was a month, another month, another month. It was so exhausting. So finally, after about three months, we had some partial opening. I felt so exhausted. I had lost 10 kilograms for my weight. That's more than 20 pounds. I felt so tired and so exhausted, and I looked so old. I'm old, but I look very old. (laughs) I couldn't sleep. I lost appetite. I didn't know what to do. I, I loved to pray, but I couldn't pray. And my wife said, what is going on? I, and I just couldn't explain what was going on. It's later on that I realized that I was going through what you call a burnout. And I said, Lord, what am I going to do? I felt like dying, but I also loved to leave. It was very, very difficult. And that's when I realized that I was running on empty. I was giving and giving and giving, but not receiving. So I took a season of prayer and seeking after God. I told all my friends, I said, I'm not going to talk to anyone for the next few days. I want to be in the presence of God. And it is during that season that the Lord started showing me that what I was going through did not start then. I realized that what I was going through was a build-up over years and years of not giving God time. I was praying, but I wasn't resting in God. And I said, Lord, I repent. I would like to change. And during that season, the Lord started restoring my soul. He started renewing me. And I realized the church that I'm pastoring is not my church. It is his church. I was working hard to serve a church. But he says, you know what? I died on the cross for that church. It's not your church. It is my church. I realized that the people we are trying to save are not our people. They are God's people. And then I realized that this message was my message. Let me go to 11, again, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 29. He says, take my yoke upon me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and I am humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I have another picture that I would like to show us to actually describe what this means. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That thing that joins those two cows is what we call a yoke. 
And what came to my mind when I was looking at this was that if you can imagine that one of those is you, one of those cows is you, and the other cow is Jesus. Now, we shouldn't think that Jesus is like that, but just get the imagination, okay? <laughs> one is you, and one is the Lord. So he says, take my yoke upon you. In other words, be yoked to me. Okay? And he says, I am gentle. I'm not running around and doing those kinds of things. And he says, I'm humble. And he says, when you take me, when I become yoked to you and you become yoked to me, he says, you will find rest for your soul. Because, he says, my yoke is easy. You're not burdened like the burden that you saw earlier on. Why? Because what happens is that when you're yoked to him, he actually carries your burdens. You no longer need to carry your burdens because the burdens go on to God. And that became my lesson. That for many, many days, I try to carry things by myself. I think I can help myself. But he says, no, when you're going through stuff, come to me. And when you're worried, put all your worries to me. When you're confused, put your confusion to me. I will give you rest. In other words, you don't have to carry anything. You just need to walk with him. So you're yoked, but you're yoked to the right source. And I was reminded about this verse. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not the results of your works. It's not how much you work. But it is how much you trust. And then he works. May God help us as a church. To learn how to trust him. Amen. A few statements as I finish. How do we go out to receive this message? The first thing I would like to request you to do is stop and evaluate your life. Is there any place in your life where you have not been resting? Physically, emotionally, or spiritually? Is there any place where you have drifted away from God? You are no longer where you used to be. Are there some things that you used to enjoy in God and you're no longer enjoying? Are there some things you used to do and you no longer do? Service. Generosity. Enjoying the word of God. Let us go. To Calvary. After evaluating yourself, it is time to go to Calvary. I'd like our brother to come to the keyboard and play something as we think through this.
Let us go to Calvary. Are you burdened with sin? You've accepted sin in your life. Come to Calvary. Have you been carrying burdens by yourself? Come to Calvary. Come to him. But also it's a time for us to return in his presence. We need the presence of God. I found that his presence is where I need to go and where I need to be. Even when I'm going through that. Returning to the presence of God means is that I need to again wake up early in the morning and be in his presence and, and listen to some music as I study the word of God. Maybe take a walk and just reflect on the goodness of God. Let us return to the presence of God. We sang a song which talked about the beauty of the Holy Spirit. It is time to go back to his presence. But I want to challenge us. These have been very difficult years. Years where we've not been going to church, where fellowship has been very small and minimal. I know we have online and we, we did online, but I realized that even online, people were not actually spending time in the presence of God. So this is my call to you, church. And those who are online today, come back to fellowship. Re-engage. Do the things you used to do that kept energizing you. Re-engage. Come back to fellowship in those small groups. Because what the devil has done is that he makes sure that we are so isolated and disconnected from our brothers and we lose out. Return. What about serving? Serve. It's time to serve again. There are thousands and thousands of people who are out there who are so disconnected from God. Church, it is time to reach out again and bringing them in. So, this church needs your service. And friends, it is time to resume our giving. I know we've gone through a lot and we've heard from your pastor today. It is time to resume. And what I've found that when we go through these times, we tend to become so protective about ourselves, our time, and our resources. Can we resume, can we return to our journey of faith and still trust that God can provide? Amen. So let the generosity you used to have return. I pray that God will bless you. I pray that his goodness will increase in your life. I pray that those of you who have been weak 
you'll be restored. I pray that you'll come back home to the God who loves you so very much. Can we pray? Father, we come before you today. We thank you for you are the one who has promised that when we come, you take away our burdens. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are here today. The Lord God, your hand will be upon them, Father. I pray for those who say, I'm tired and exhausted. The Lord God, that will come to you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for those who may have come to this house today and they don't know as, as Lord and Savior that God, your, your Spirit will convince and speak to them about opening their hearts and their lives to Jesus. Lord, I pray for those who say, I found myself in sin and I pray that God there will be a restoration that they will come back to you and say, here I am, forgive me. I pray for those who had abandoned service, that God, it will be a time of coming back to serve you. So Lord, bless these, your people. Speak to their heart continually and restore whatever the enemy had stolen from them. So Lord, I pray for this church that Lord, you continually bless and minister to them in the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you.